Today, I'm joined by Shiresh Venkatrelu, Senior Vice President and Chief Technology Officer at Honeywell, to discuss what it's like to be a leader in this transformative time and how Honeywell is using emerging technologies to advance innovation. Thanks for joining us today, Shiresh. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. So let's start off. Uh, first question, um, how will AI optimize the future of energy transition, automation, and aviation? You know, I want to go back. Um, Honeywell is a 135-year-old company, Laura. Uh, heart of it is we are a control system company. And if you really go back and double-click control system, what do we do the best? Uh, it's about sensing, uh, connecting to the sensor, uh, having some of the control logic uh, that will close the loop. I think that's that's probably a raw definition of a control systems company. And we do this very, very well across various different sectors from safety critical to mission critical systems, from buildings to industrial plant to an aircraft uh, subsystems. Now, in the last 135 years, uh, how did we write a control systems? It's, it's heuristic, rule-based engine, it's all embedded software. Uh, the last 20 years, we have virtualized a control system. So the industry speaks about cloud, virtualizing the infrastructure, IoT. We have done that with Forge. But the last many, many years, uh, what I call a traditional AI, we have been embedding our, instead of heuristic model, we are actually embedding regression model, predictive model, mission vision system speech uh, uh, recognition system. We're embedding the AI model so that these are a learning system, a learning model that will adapt to the dynamics of the building. So uh, the building that we are in right now, our corporate headquarters, uh, where we have millions of uh, data points, sensors, uh, that feed into what we call a multi-model, which tends to adapt based on, like in this room, both of us are right here. How do we adapt and modulate the temperature and then the light and other controls? And then we have this algorithm. So AI is pretty much ingrained more and more into our traditional products as we are pushing the envelope towards autonomous systems and autonomous control systems. Generative AI is a very interesting uh, uh, shift where we have lot more with our install base. And we are trying to say, how do we really take that data, massive set of data sets, and how do we really feed the large language model? Do we build a knowledge repository hmm. to assist workers, assist field operators, assist pilots? So Shiresh, can you give us an example then of generative AI in our product set? A couple of examples that I can share at this point in time are plant uh, operations where we have Experion system. Uh, right now we are embedding large language model to see can we build an operator assist technology. Uh, we just shared that with our customers in our annual uh, user group event uh, a couple of months ago. A uh, lot of good positive feedback. I think we should take it down to uh, a deployment or a launch with a few customers later part of this year. Second, with pilot assist more and more in the future, 
uh, it's going to be either single pilot or less crew in operation side. Uh, aerospace is really looking at it to really embed the generative AI. So there are two broad themes, one in the services side and then also in the operational side. How do we seamlessly bring in generative AI that can aid and assist operators, workers, and field uh, technicians to do their jobs better and to impact their productivity early days, but I think we should have a very strong roadmap in the coming years. What excites you most about your work and this era of innovation? You know, uh, I would want to say uh, creativity, uh, coming up with new ideas, but one thing that is exciting me the most now is an era of co-innovation. Mm. Uh, we're starting to spend more time with customers and we're trying to realize the problems that they face and how do we solve the problem through their eyes and through their processes. And I think that is probably going to be the new innovation machine that I think that we're changing, we're dramatically shifting at this point in time. The second area, we're also asking the question, how do we co-innovate with our partners and suppliers? Connecting the dots. I think that's probably one of the area that I'm thrilled is if I'm able to really connect the dots of customer issues with our roadmap and with our uh, supplier technology partners roadmap, and if we can do that faster and the most innovative way, I think that's going to be more interesting for Honeywell and for a role like uh, that I'm playing today. It's pretty exciting to think about how generative AI can help assist with that, right? So augmenting those interpersonal um, interactions with, yeah. with customers and, and seeing the process with the data you can co collect. When you think about AI-driven uh, automation, how does that impact you know, future engineering workforce? And given that impact, mm. how would you advise the next generation of engineers to think about uh, their future and to navigate their focus? It's an interesting, when, uh, when the first uh, major launch from Microsoft, GitHub Copilot was launched, uh, I picked up probably eight different pilot groups with senior architects uh, piloting and probably proving how the technology works, I was very impressed about uh, it's it's a coding assist, mm -hmm. or I should call a, a software coding robots or a bot uh, had a tremendous tremendous learning through that whole cycle from code generation to code modernization to code testing to documentation things that were done traditionally by developers and testers, there are a number of things are going to be automated. I see the potential to be close to 40% uh, uh, waste uh, could be eliminated. Now, what does it mean uh, for uh, de software developers of the future? Uh, I see them moving slowly and steadily to be a great designers and architects spending time with customers and solving issues and building the next uh, solution uh, less about coding. So it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be an interesting shift, but I think it's a needed shift. You know, using this technology to really enable our subject matter experts yes. to be close to the customer and to be more innovative and more strategic. As you know, um, with this podcast, we always like to end with a question to understand um, a little bit more about you. So when you were young, what did you want to do when you grew up? Mm -hmm. 
I wanted to be a, an architect for for many reasons uh, at the early days. I was fascinated with things that I would see, more buildings, uh, uh, how it's designed, architected, and then how an architect would probably work with people mm. to bring something from a drawing or design to a to a thing that you can realize over a period in time. And at a point in time, I was advised that uh, what's the next best thing that you could do so that you could find your job and starting to yearn and move forward. So I jumped into software world. I had a major in uh, computer science and I, 30 years ago, I did my neural net. But today what I'm doing is pretty closer to that, I think. It's all about designing, creating, uh, solving uh, for customers uh, and uh, the creating something is with people and something that we create solves issues for the people in the world. So even though I had this view that I wanted to be a, a great architect and designer uh, to build buildings, but I'm building something that is pretty closer to it, I guess, that which is what motivates me and something that uh, I feel pretty good about. You have so much opportunity driving this team and um, helping to build the future with Honeywell. Thank you for your time today. This has been a really great um, session. All right. Thank you so much for your time, too. Thank you. For more stories on the people and innovations shaping what's next in business and life, subscribe to The Future Is and leave us a review where you listen to podcasts.